Hi, I'm Catherine Delgado. And I'm Priya Kamath. And you're listening to FIRST. Welcome to the first episode of our collaboration with When We All Vote slash My School Vote San Diego. Throughout the series, we'll be interviewing real WWAV MSB San Diego members on all things voting related in light of the upcoming election. Topics that we will cover include how to vote during a pandemic, forms of voter suppression, and the importance of voting local. So today, our guest is Carolyn Finn, who will be giving us an in-depth explanation of the candidates for the presidential election, and she'll also be speaking to us about the different positions you can vote for. So let's get into it. introduce yourself first. Hi guys, I'm Carolyn and as you know I'm a part of When We All Vote San Diego and I'm also a senior at San Diego Academy and I'm the co-captain for my school as well. So can you tell us a little bit about the history behind our elections before we start talking about policy and candidates? Yeah, of course. So starting around like the 17th century, elections represented individualistic concepts in both Europe and North America. And this idea of representation in the government was really rooted in the Revolutionary War in America, where Britain imposed taxes on the colonists without their representation in the decision making process. And this pretty much... And this pretty much um, led to what we know, taxation without representation. And that began America's want for their own government where they can handle their own domestic needs rather than having the crown across the Atlantic impose different taxes on their domestic. And pretty much the founding fathers, they were able to get together and on 1776 and outline the constitution which detailed the process of elections in America or in their newly formed colonies. And this included the Electoral College, which is still in use today. Now that we know a little bit about the history behind elections in the United States, we are in in an election year and we do have a general election coming up in a few weeks. So can you talk to us and our listeners a bit about the different elections that happen throughout the year? Yeah, of course. So we know the general elections are just to fill the office position. So we vice president presidency, but we also have primary elections, which voters select the candidates who will run on each party's ticket. And they can also choose convention delegates and party leaders as well. And under those primary elections, we have multiple about like five other primaries. And one of the first ones is an open primary, which permits voters to choose on election day the party primary in which they wish to vote. And they can only vote for one party at this moment because this really just decides who they want for each party. And then we have blanket primaries, which are a ballot where the ballot consists of lists of candidates for all parties. And it's to help to select the Democratic candidate for one office and the Republican candidate for the other. The next thing we have is a closed primary, different than the open primary, and it's the selection of parties candidates limited to registered members only. And this is just to prevent members of different parties from crossing over to influence the nomination of an opposing party's candidate. 
And then if no candidate gets a majority or they can't decide and it's a tie, then there's something called a runoff primary where it's held to decide who wins that spot. And then the last primary we have is the presidential primary where they get to pick delegates to the presidential nominating convention of the major parties. And most of this information is on Vote Smart, and that's where I got most of it if more people want to check that out. So you've gone over a little bit about when the elections are, but a trend that we see, especially with younger people, is that they just don't vote that much. So before we go into policy, can you tell us a little bit why it's important for our listeners to get out and vote and how these elections can actually affect them? Yeah, of course. So just some statistics. Actually, since 2004, the overall election turnout has dropped 2.4%, which doesn't seem like that big of a number. But if you put it on the American scale, it's hundreds of thousands of people. And I feel like Americans need to know that voting is one of the things I feel they take for granted because they can select candidates with the best policies to help the current state of our country. And if you have ideas about how to change the country, vote for someone who will push forward the policies to make that change happen. And if you want to see change, voting is the best way you can use your voice because your vote matters and that vote can help you lead to a better country. Yeah, so it is important to vote, but it's also important to make informed decisions when casting your ballot. And in your article, Carolyn, you've highlighted the presidential candidates. While many people may know their names from headlines, can you give our listeners a rundown on their policies and platforms? Yeah, so everybody's just going to need to sit down because this is a pretty long and lengthy list because they cover multiple sections. So first, we're going to start off what each candidate is going to do with jobs and money. Now, the two candidates we have this election season are Trump, who has been the president for the past four years, and Biden, who is a former vice president with the Obama administration. So with jobs and money, um, Trump is looking to bring back the pandemic battered economy, putting forward an America first idea, and he wants to bring jobs and manufacturing back to the U.S., Meanwhile, Biden, he wants to raise minimum wage and invest in green energy. He wants to extend loans to small businesses and increase direct money payment to families. He also wants to do a $2 trillion investment to fam to in green energy to boost green manufacturing and to help working class union workers. Now, Biden didn't really go into this, but Trump is looking at trade and he still wants to keep up with that America first mindset. And he wants to end the reliance on China and protect US manufacturing. Now, Trump didn't really address this, but with Biden, especially now, we all know that we're stuck in a pandemic because of the coronavirus and Biden plans to distribute a national test and trace program, but this can be a little bit hard because you're gonna to have to invest a lot of money and it's gonna, but it's also gonna open up jobs for people in America. So for foreign policy, Trump is really sticking with that America first mindset and reasserting US authority. He really wants to step away from multilateral agreements like the Paris Agreement Accord, whereas Biden, he really wants to restore America's reputation and possibly take on China. And this means to repair relations with US allies. And this includes the NATO alliance. 
sticking with this term of foreign policy and everything, we're looking into immigration and Trump still wants to keep up with building the wall and curbing the immigration and that he has already funded 445 miles of the 722 mile barrier on the Mexico and US border. However, Biden wants to undo these policies and reverse the plan that separates parents and children at the border. He wants to protect the dreamers, which are a group of undocumented children that came to the US when they were younger. And then he also wants to remove the travel ban on several majority Muslim countries. Moving on to more domestic issues into health, so Trump is looking for lower drug costs and to terminate the Affordable Care Act. I know he has repealed some things in the Affordable Care Act already, but he hasn't fully repealed the act as a whole. Whereas Biden, he wants to expand uh, Obamacare and have Americans have the decision to enroll in a public health insurance, which is very similar to Medicare. Sticking with that whole in domestic and how we're gonna fix it, moving on to climate change. So Trump is really looking for promoting US energy. And this includes, he just bought something, I think in Alaska's refuge wildlife for oil drilling. And he has also withdrawn from the Paris Agreement. So he's really just sticking for US focus and maintaining that America first idea. Whereas Biden, he views climate change as an existential threat, and he wants to rejoin these climate accords that Trump has repealed from. Moving on, we have criminal justice and race. So Trump is looking to push forward a database to trace police misbehavior. And I know he's already signed an executive order, so I'm pretty sure they're processing that right now, and I don't know how long that's going to take. Meanwhile, Biden, he is looking for a criminal justice reform and grants for minority communities, and he wants to support the minorities with $30 billion investment fund. Now, moving on, Trump, or Biden didn't really talk about this that much, but Trump is really wanting to address gun control and he's actively defending the Second Amendment. And for that, he wants a background check for all gun users and to see if there's any red flags that may come up. As for Trump, Trump didn't really um, acknowledge this part, but Biden really wanted to focus on education and he really wanted to expand universal preschool and expand free college. Thank you, that was really informative. I. Even I do a lot of, um, I would say I do a good amount of research on these elections and I didn't know some of those policies. So thank you for that. Now, the presidential election is incredibly important this year, but I know that there are a lot of other candidates that can be found on our ballots um, or for those that can vote. So can you tell our listeners where they can find the information on these candidates and maybe how they can do their research? Yeah, of course. So we all know there's Green Party and Libertarian candidates as well. I know there's probably some independent candidates as well. And you can find all these at your local news sites, especially I've looked up News Center Maine, and they have a good list of the different candidates besides the Democratic and Republican. And same with KUTV.com. They have a really good thing. So if you just type in KUTV.com, and search up third party candidates, that it should be the first link and you can read all about them. And also Google is just, even though it may not be the most reliable at some time, so make sure you're looking at the right websites. 
But if you search up third party candidates 2020 election, a bunch of new sites should come up and they will address the different candidates besides the Democratic and Republican. Um, and I know um, our podcast is geared towards younger audiences and some of us, including me, are not able to vote um, next month. So can you tell our listeners how they can get involved if they're not 18 yet? Yeah, of course. So I'm not eligible to vote. Unfortunately, my, I turned 18 like two weeks after the election. But being a part of an organization like When We All Vote really opens your eyes to how the election process works and how to get voting, voters registered and everything. Getting the youth involved is super important because I feel like once they get to that age of 18, they don't really know where to start and getting pre-registered can really get them set up because they learn how to register. I'm sure when you go to the website, it shows you how to fill out the ballot and everything. And just getting pre-registered, it already puts you a step ahead of everybody else who isn't registered yet. Because I feel like once they get to that age, of 18, some people forget. And I feel like that's the reason why we don't have a big election turnout. And I know it may not seem important to vote or it's like an old person's thing to do is to vote, but really they're not the ones that are gonna be here for the next 20 years if you really put it in that mindset. Like those newly 18 year olds, they're gonna be deciding their future. So it's incredibly important for them to get involved in programs like When We All Vote San Diego or just different when we all votes. And yeah, I think that's one step they could take to get um, more educated about voting, about the elections and getting involved as well. Yeah, I totally agree. And thank you for saying that and offering some opportunities to our listeners to get pre-registered. Um, if you guys are interested in learning more about this topic, or if you'd like to hear more from Carolyn, please check out our website, youthvoicesfirst.weebly.com. Carolyn wrote an incredible and extensive article on this topic, and it can be found there. Well, that's about it for us today. Thank you, Carolyn. We really enjoyed hearing what you had to say. Thank you so much for having me. It was really cool to talk about this stuff. Mm -hmm. And to our listeners, thank you so much for tuning in. We'll see you next time on FIRST.